Hello and a big warm welcome to you. My name is Marion Rose and this is the Psycho Spiritual Podcast and I'm so delighted yet again to have my dear friend and colleague Nick Wilson of Peaceful Parenting to chat about uh, a ticket to freedom. <laughs> welcome Nick. <laughs> Thank you. I love this topic. And I, I want to say, so I was at the beginning of all these, you're an aware parenting instructor and Marion Method mentor. And we just we just love all the conversations we have about these kinds of things. So we're I think we're really happy, aren't we, to be having the conversation in public. <laughs> yes, I know. It's nice. Yeah. Sharing all of this, the the experiences of living it, I think is yeah, the way that people can resonate around it. Yes. And I think we started, didn't we? It was just a few days ago where both enjoy Sorel Amore, Amore or Amore, I don't actually know how to pronounce her surname, um, her work, and she's doing a series at the moment about freedom and being free and living a free life, and we were talking about inner freedom mm. and how that's really so core to the Marian Method work, and then we had this idea to talk about <laughs> inner freedom here. Yeah, I think it's it's great to be, like, like you said, like Sorel's very, she calls herself a free human, and in that way, she means she's free from the system. She has her own online business. She can travel around and she is free in all that way. And I think the, we started talking about it because there's a lot that she does share as well, where she still has her own, um, a lot of inner work that she's doing. And as we all do, and we pass through these times and what I've experienced so much in my own life is just the Marion Method is just always that invitation that you're only sort of imprisoned by the thoughts from the disconnected domination culture. You're only imprisoned by the sticks that you pick up. And that once you really realize through the love work and the will work that you're not willing to pick up sticks or you're not willing to, it's instant. It's just like somebody's handed you this ticket and gone, Oh, you can get out of jail now. Like you're out. Here you go. And it's that ticket to freedom because it's all just a choice whether we continue doing those things and one phrase that I actually just repeated in a session now with a client that you have always told me that really sticks in my mind, such an, a reparative phrase to me is I'm simply not willing to do that to myself anymore. And that in itself is such a freeing phrase because a lot of it is, yes, people say things to us and yes, we do get comments and sticks given to us from the culture and from the systems, but we have a choice whether we internalize that and make certain decisions out of force and coercion or do we not take that on give it back to them and just go no I'm going to give myself love and I'm going to make these choices instead and I'm simply not willing to do that to myself anymore so yeah that's for me just the epitome of the ticket to freedom <laughs> I love that the epitome of the ticket to freedom I'm just <laughs> not willing to do that to myself anymore and we've played with the word just for so long haven't we and I love that just <laughs> there is just so just it's so and I even said just 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 it's so fitting I'm just not willing to do that to myself anymore yeah. and and you know I'm remembering as well that I was uh, talking to you about the um seeing Sorrel and seeing her particularly she's been traveling again recently and on beautiful beaches and places like that. And I was telling you and remembering when I first moved to Australia 22-ish years ago or something like that. No, maybe it's even more now. 20. You know, those people are going, I think it was last Monday. No, hang on, it was Tuesday. And everyone else is like, does it really matter? Does it matter to anyone else exactly how many years ago? But roughly that amount of years ago, I moved to Australia from England and I'd had this vision of spending a year on the beach I, I had been uh, I'd finished my psychosynthesis psychotherapy training which had been really long it was 
six years of lots and lots of inner work and and traveling and all that kind of thing and I remember my the the, the kind of core um, teacher I don't know what you call her she said what do you imagine doing last year and I said I gosh I'd just really love to spend the whole year on a beach and I didn't think it would actually really happen I really did spend a lot of time on the beach the first year I moved to which was so wonderful however I might have been on in one of the most beautiful places in the world, in my opinion, Byron Bay and Mullumbimby and lots of just walking walking in the beach. But I had, uh, even though I was completely in love and I met this gorgeous man who became the father of my children and now my ex, but still a great friend. I was, this has become a whole story. <laughs> it was just a little <laughs> thing. <laughs> Three hours later. Um, I still had I couldn't really enjoy it a lot of the time that because of my own inner dialogue and I really and I can actually recall one of the times I was walking along the beach it was probably a little bit later I think that being in love state often actually takes us more into (laughs) I was actually in a really great state but maybe a year or two later walking Mm -hmm. on the beach and just not enjoying it because of all this inner dialogue that was so harsh and, and lots and lots of really harsh and painful thinking and guilt and shame and self-judgment and just really basically in this mindscape of harsh, painful, unenjoyable thoughts, basically. And no idea, despite a lot of inner work and a lot of therapy, to actually how to not be in that state. I had no idea of the phrase, I'm just not willing to do this to myself anymore. Yeah. And I think that's what's really, you know, really jumped out to me when we were talking about Sarah. I was like, yeah, outer freedom is really important. And I, I did have this deep sense of outer freedom. I had some beautiful financial support, so I actually could spend a lot of time on the beach. But I still had my own, you know, landscape. And I remember that song way back in the day of, um, it was a, an Aussie band, wasn't it? Wherever you go, you always take the weather with you. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it was really that. It was like, well, yeah. yeah, all very nice being in one of the most beautiful places in the world, but I still got all this stuff inside of me. And you know, the way I see it now is the, the changing our inner state and becoming free internally does, we often talk about the Marian method work, is uh, it supports us to create a life and a per- create a personality and a life that is a clearer reflection of our soul. Yeah. So yes, it does become, the outer does become more enjoyable as well, um, while still we do live in the DDC. But that inner state just changes everything. Like my experience of myself, my life, just my day-to-day life, even when I'm really stressed, and the last three years have been a bit of a doozy, even in those times, it's nothing compared to what it would have been like being stressed, plus hitting myself with guilt and shame and judgment sticks and all of the questioning and doubting the stuff that would go on. That would have just been, I don't even know how I would have got through the last couple of years with all that on the top as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a, it's such a paradox, isn't it? Because everybody or the culture tells us you need to have more money and then you'll be happy and you need to travel around and then you'll be happy and you can be the richest billionaire on the planet and be miserable because you're full of all these, these things. So um, yeah, I think it's really, it's a, a big change in how we show up in life. If as soon as that inner, and quite often I found as well, what I thought I wanted in terms of, you know, riches and things and material items, the happier and more content and free I am internally, I don't need any of those things. And so my wants and desires that I think are material are actually less and I'm more content and more happy and more free. So it's the complete opposite of what we're taught 
to do in the systems, which is quite in- incredible. You know, I'd much rather my life than a billionaire, you know, in sitting in his mansion house with, you know, all the problems that come with being a billionaire. So, yeah. Yeah, and that is so important, isn't it, in terms of what the DDC, the DDC wants us to believe that all the, all the suffering that they helped us feel by uh, giving us these sticks to hit ourselves with, will be solved if we just buy a few more stuff things you know whatever it is yeah. but then we won't feel that pain and actually it's just it's such a the system itself works so well doesn't it it's like uh, condition us with all this these kinds of beliefs then we grow up we have all this pain because we're hitting ourselves with the sticks we're feeling the emotional bruises we want to buy stuff or do yeah. something to get away from the pain of that that is never going to be the way the the way is going to be and even compassion and so on isn't isn't going to be fully the way it is about putting down the sticks and changing that inner dialogue and getting free from the conditioning yeah yeah absolutely and they just they sell you these ideas of you know you you know to be happy you're going to be successful so therefore you need to go to university and therefore you need to have this qualification and these are the jobs that pay the best and if you want to have a really good income you need to do this job even if you don't like it but you should be doing that because you're going to get paid a lot. And if you have a lot of money, then you can do these things that are really fun, which is like going on holidays. And then you can, you know, and it's just this whole integration of you're constantly never feeling fulfilled. You're constantly never feeling like you're enough because you're always striving to reach the next thing. And of course, as we go along, we're just picking up more trauma because we're constantly getting will hurts because we're going against everything that we don't want to do to fulfill somebody else's agenda and it's like this, you know, you're so disconnected from what you actually really want in life that you end up doing all of these things that you think are going to bring you happiness, but actually it's not anything that you've ever really wanted to do. And so you get to the end and not the end, but, you know, you get get to a certain point in your life when if you're lucky enough to wake up in this lifetime and find this work, then you start really thinking, okay, well, why did I want that? Did I really want to be a doctor? Or is that because every person in my life has been a doctor who came before me? You know, like quite often in, in the Asian cultures and things, it's like, well, you're nothing unless you're a doctor, a lawyer or a, you know, so there's all this, this cultural conditioning, there's cultural pressure, there's social pressure because you don't want to. So it's just a lot of way that the systems are set up is to yeah almost set you up for failure that, yes, you may reach all of those points, but ultimately you're not going to have that fulfillment that comes. And anybody that's done this work, um, even just a little bit, and instead of picking up those sticks, they're, they're filling themselves within a loving phrases instead. They will tell you that this work is just incredibly transformative in that way, that they feel free in that moment. And like you said, you're walking along the beach and you've got all these things in your head. It's it's literally robbing you of the happiness in that present moment. So you could be in the most beautiful place on earth with your money full, you know, pockets full of gold. And your brain is elsewhere and you're not enjoying that time. And that can be, I imagine that, you know, with my daughter sometimes or, you know, if you, whatever you're doing, you're just sort of taken out of that present moment because of those thoughts and that conditioning. So it really, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and as you're speaking that as well, I was thinking the way she's talking about the job and doing all the things and then you have to do things you don't even want to do. And that, of course, starts right from day dot when parents are taught that, they, you know, they their child needs to go to a particular school and they need to go for all these hours and all these days and do years and years and years and years and years of homework and tests and all that things. So they then might get the job. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's so much all in service of this, 
in oh. service of the DDC. It's like the serving DDC. them. Yes. Realise, <laughs> hang on a minute, I'm serving you. This isn't serving me anymore. I'm going to choose not to do that. Oh, <laughs> and just choose to opt out. You know, like we talked about that box, the DDC opt out tick. I'm just opting out. <laughs> and even the opting out whilst being within it. And that's why I love what you're doing in terms of school and um you know, really being compassionate with ourselves, the ways that we still are in the system. You know, most of us do. I I was registering my car and my daughter's new car last week. And there was a lot of driving around and filling in forms and just like loads of money spent and all of this stuff. And like, really, like, just, I don't even know where I was going. Where was I going with that? Oh, and school. And like, so there are so many ways that we still do, unless we really can live in, Costa Rica maybe and actually you know have no passport I don't know I know people who do that thing where you don't even give your child a birth certificate that can be quite tricky you know you don't actually exist in the system but then it's it is really hard like you don't have a passport how you don't have a birth certificate how can you actually leave the country like it's amazing if we actually think about it and I know there are lots of rabbit holes to go down with all that stuff but what I really wanted to say in a really practical way what you're talking about and sharing about with parents around uh, school is that we can still be in the system and be ticking that getting free from the DDC box and it requires a lot but it really is possible isn't it and we can really ameliorate a lot of the effects while still still be maybe working in all of our own unique ways to get freer and freer yeah and it's like the internal freedom like you're saying because it's it's exactly like that like like you said the passport or choosing not to get a birth certificate for your child or whatever it's just that that choice that this is what I'm told to do, but I'm actually choosing not to do that. I'm going to choose to do it a different way. And that could be something as simple as I just had a conversation about homework and it was, you know, this, the, the little boy's maybe six, he's in year two and uh, you one or year two. And he's got, you know, been told that he has to learn 2000 words from the Webster's dictionary by the time he finishes the end of the year. And so the teacher's given them four full pages of words and this boy's completely overwhelmed, which of course, if I was given 2,000 words to learn when I was seven, I'd be like, and he's told he has to do it. But you can, you know, they do it throughout the year, but the kids don't really understand. And so just going, okay, you can, I can see that my child's upset and this is overwhelming for him. Um, you know, the this beautiful mother, she's so aware of everything going on in her children's life and she's such a beautiful advocate for them at school. And, you know, even just having this conversation and saying, okay, well, they have a need for him to do some homework. I have a no for homework. So the will work is so important in all of this because I, I personally have a strict no for homework. And then um, the child is not enjoying that. He's not having his needs met for, for safety, for one, because he feels he's going to, he thinks he's going to get in trouble when he goes back to school. And so what we were discussing is, okay, how can we meet all these needs, but everybody's feeling, you know, so again, it's just all, okay, so we're looking at love and will. What are you willing for? Are you willing for him to do the homework? No. Does he sound like he's willing to do the homework? No. The teacher's really strict. She wants the homework done. So I said, we're just going to write a letter and say, that's a no for us. It's not a fit for our family. It's overwhelming for my child. And then I suggested something like, okay, out of the 2,000 words, he can pick 10 words a night if he wants to and make a story about them or just draw, put a, put a tree and just draw them as branches and write them out. It doesn't have to be in the way that they want to be. And I said, and if that's not even a fit for him, just write a ho- write a note saying you're not doing homework. What are they going to do? Sorry, that's not a fit for us. But the only <laughs> place you get to that point because you're getting so you're getting bombarded 
at school constantly. You've got these apps that come in, you've got meeting the teacher, you've got the, um, you know, the newsletter that goes out, you've got the emails that come from the school. There's just this bombardment constantly of your child has to do this and it has to be done this way and this is a school rule and this is this. And I just, every single time, whether it's school or a sporting event or like work or like you said, just choosing where you're going to live, just ask yourself, is this a fit for me? And if it's not a fit for you because you've checked in with your willingness and it's not a fit for you, you're going to ask, is it not a fit for us? Is there another option? Or that's just a no, we're not doing that. And the second, like, it's just a no, like it's so simple. And yet you're not, we're not raised in a culture that really loves to hear the word no, you know, it's just not, but it's, it's just a no, like they're not going to do anything to you. I promise you I've tested, <laughs> tried and tested this so many times. Sometimes I even surprise myself. I'm like, oh, this one's not going to go well. And <laughs> I just skate by. Nobody even says anything. It's like just make a choice not to do it. It's that easy. And sometimes it's not that easy. I, I really will, you know, put it down after what we've seen in the last few years. Sometimes your no is not easy, but, you know, you say no, it's not easy, but it's still a no. It doesn't change that it wasn't a no for me. It was still a no and it wasn't easy and I got through it because you've got, you know, love and outer loving presences and people supporting you. And, again, it's just this work is there's a, if I did not have this work, I would not feel as powerful as what I feel in the system. And I think that's what you said. It's it's not about, I mean, I wish it was about, you know, click a button and the DDC just explodes. It's just one of those like, you know, dynamo and it just explodes. But until that happens, we're all in it but we don't have to become a part you know of it and really just let it suck the life out of us completely we can all sail through smiling with the marion method that's pretty much what it is through smiling there's another bumper sticker (laughs) sail through smiling sail through the ddc with a smile on your face yeah (laughs) oh my god i love that so much and where was i gonna go i had so many different thoughts coming up (laughs) not not like the old thoughts like exciting oh yes and this and that was the same and the well the neo no i wanted to to really name what you're talking about the neo no and let's do a whole episode on that sometime because what we're talking about is a really uh, it's really different isn't it from not wanting we're really differentiating not wanting something to being not willing for it and that's a neo no and that has an energetic state to it which life uh, including other humans animals really respond to and you know I was remembering as well like um, giving birth so I uh, I chose to get to do free births unassisted birth with my children after um, being terrified of giving birth and going again the shifts that we can make and really within my pregnancy with Lana from um, doing um, doing the hypnobirthing training before I got pregnant and then feeling already much more confident and much less scared to actually throughout the process going okay I want to do unassisted I want to do free birth and be out of the DDC altogether um, but we did have a backup to go around the corner to the birthing unit, which was literally it's like three minute drive or it was three minutes around the corner. And um, I, that was really, you know, I said I was willing for that for, for Michael as well, because, you know, he was taking on a big responsibility to be my main support person. And so uh, it was amazing birth. It was 86 hours posterior birth. And most of the time I was really calm and relaxed. And by it was a lot long second stage and I was still I still felt confident and relaxed and um but he was starting to get a bit concerned and I promised him like okay if you do get concerned I will I will listen to you so we he just drove me around to the to the birthing unit around the corner and we just kind of 
breezed in and I just because I was so clear like that I was still going to have an amazing experience that the all the midwives nurses came in to to support me uh, the doctor obstetrician whatever they're called I don't even know it just stayed at the door and I really had this sense that that I was just like no I, you know I'm right and I don't I can't I even said so I can't remember it's like no no I don't need you or something like that it was just so clear in what I was willing for and not willing for that the whole that last bit of the experience was still really enjoyable and um you know I remember uh I, yeah, I probably won't share more about that because it's a birth podcast but um, just, you know, the power of what we are willing for and not willing for and how, um, and I want to say I'm sending love to anyone who's had really different experiences around birth. I'm not, this isn't, this isn't the whole kind of thing where we're blaming ourselves if things don't go the way we want, or if you have had a traumatic birth and you've had been part of that, it's not that. And it's also saying that we are powerful and we can make a difference in these kinds of ways. And that the more we're connected with that really clear, I am not willing for whatever it is that does have a powerful effect. And we still live in the DDC, which is also really powerful and can override sometimes or not override, but, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot to be up against sometimes. Yeah. And, and again, it's like, it's a lot to be up against because sometimes we get fearful of standing in that no. And so the more fear that it, you know, the more stronger the no, the more bigger the situation, for example, like I know like births, for example, I had a, you know, very traumatic birth, but I didn't know this work, work back then. I didn't even know what my no or my yeses were. And I can imagine that whole situation would have been extremely different had I known. And so, you know, if you have been through that situation and, and you know, obviously with we're parenting and, and marrying method, that's all able to be healed. And we can share this with other people who are not yet in those situations to, yeah, you can trust yourself and you can make these decisions. And that, you know, it just dominoes effects to everything around you that once you reach it from, and, and there's a really like specific difference for me that I realized in my no was that up until knowing the Marion method, I had a very aggressive no like it was a almost a defensive no and sometimes my no was coming from such deep conditioning of being hurt so badly that I there was almost a part of me that not wanted the other person to hurt but I knew that my no might hurt or might not be received in a way so I was like well I'm gonna you know like a stubborn I'm Taurus <laughs> maybe it was a bit stubborn um but just stand in that place and what I know difference now and I'm, I'm thinking specifically in my relationship with Bella's father it was it was up until that point I was so hurt the no was no no I don't no I don't want this anymore no like a really emotionally charged no a really I you know I hate I don't use that word very often but I hated what was happening and I was so powerless in that no and so the difference with the Marion method is I just have a big smile painted on my face and I'm now just like thank you and that's a no for me and I don't even, that's it. And then that's the neo-no for me is that you, you're standing straighter. You, you're so in your power that nobody will challenge you. Nobody will nobody will even ask you to explain. The less you say, and it's just a no for me, I love that. Oh, yes, thank you so much. And it's a no for me. Um, you know, it sounds weird when people say it to the first time. They kind of get a bit put off by it. That's a no. What does that even mean? Like, that's a no for me. But I just started saying it to everybody and now I don't really care. But, um, you know, it's more of that. It's just a no. Like, that's not for me thank you. I understand that's how you need to do it. I have this need or my daughter has this need. That's not a fit for our family. That's another one I use a lot. That's not a fit for me. That's not a fit for our family. And I quite often go, well, that, that does, it takes the responsibility off that person thinking it's about them 
Yeah. And it's more, it's all about me. So I'm sorry, this is about me. There's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. You know, I it's love, so much stronger. <laughs> I love that so much. That's the epitome, isn't it? And that's the difference. We definitely, let, maybe we even next time do the new, yeah. the next episode, because it's so, it wants to be here, doesn't it? It's like, hello, I want to be yeah. here. I want to be talked about. But um, it is the freedom as well. Like it's the freedom to say no and not be afraid. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah so well, amazing. So amazing. And really that body state is so different, isn't it? From, from exactly as you said, from that more defensive or blamey or, and again, the DDC teaches us to think in those ways that when we have a no, rather than expressing that no in the beautiful, clear ways you're expressing, it teaches us to go into judgments of the other or shooting of the other or blame of the other and uh, invite anyone who wants to connect in with your body as you connect in maybe remembering um, and how you feel in your body if you're saying, you know, they are so X, Y, and Z, and they've done this, and they shouldn't have done that, and they should have done that. And I'm so grateful to, again, NBC and Marshall Rosenberg, all I learned about, about um, how that kind of thinking creates anger in a particular way. And that becomes about the other person. It actually means that we're not connected with our own body. And the, I love what you said, the, the expression Vanilla, no, it, it is all about us. It's basically saying exactly as you said, this is a no. It's it, so we stay connected with our body sense with that beautiful vertical willingness channel. And it's a completely different experience. And that's why energetically it has a different effect. Because exactly as you said, if we go into that, rah, and sometimes a rah is also really needed, and we'll talk all about that too. Uh, um it's often received in a different way, you know, if we're running to be received in, a, in that, like, oh, yeah, sure, that, that, I hear that's a no for you. That neo-no is what, what does it. And I'm thinking that was a similar quality for me in that experience in the birthing centre. I just had such a clear sense. It was almost like an, an energetic field that, that he just stood outside the room. It's almost like he couldn't come in because I was like, no, no, <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I think that's like I, people that haven't actually experienced that yet, maybe they're just starting to get into the Marion method and they're starting to understand all of this. I, like the first time it really happens and you can just see the things shift, you just stop. It's almost like a, it's like you're kind of taken aback a little bit because it's just like I actually have a lot more power than I thought I did for the last 40 years. You know, it's really and then seeing that when we're doing this work with our kids as well that I'm seeing my daughter really stand in her no and she's nine and I'm just like this is awesome <laughs> she already knows what's not a no for her and yeah we were, <laughs> we're talking a lot actually we just had a but this morning she's actually home from school today and we were sitting in the kitchen um we both had a no for something and it was not meeting either of our needs. And we both ended up in tears on the kitchen floor, having a good conversation about, you know, no and not willingness and all of those things. And um, it does also come with a lot of compassion, you know, when, when we're sort of like, you know, for example, kids might say no about a lot of things, but it might not be a real no for them. It's just like, you know, for whatever it is. And so um, I was explaining that her no is really welcome. Her true no is really welcome. But these other things that she was saying no for were not meeting my needs in a variety of ways. And so I was feeling more exhausted and tired. And it was really, I was just sort of like, yeah, ex explaining that the, there's a big difference between saying no to everything just because you just don't want to or whatever and this real no. And she said, oh, but you always welcome my no. And I said, yes, I do. And 
is it a real no? You know, is it a real no for you? And then she had to stop and she thought, and she was like, well, no, I mean, I, I can, I really, you know, I do want to help and I do want to. And so then, yeah, so it is, Um, it's just, if I didn't know all this work and I couldn't have those conversations with her, I'd probably just power over her and say, go and do it. You know, go and do it. I need you to go and do it, which is what happened to all of us as, as children. So we learnt not to respect our no and not to stand in that. So it's really full pitch, it's full circle for me, what's happening now when I see and have, have these interactions with her as well and to see that play out in the school ground or to see her say no to a teacher is just like the best thing ever. <laughs> so amazing. So best amazing. ever. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking about psycho-spiritual parenting as you're talking about that, obviously, because that's what you're talking about, the, the yes, no, and the no, yes. And that, you know, that whole thing about the willful child and how that really isn't understood that, the will work isn't about always saying no it's about the freedom to say no when it is a no and yes when it is a yes yeah thing is because most of us have got so many will hurts it means actually when we really want something that's our yeses we're often not willing to have do or be that because of all the will hurts that need to be loved first and often if you know some people might be more in that just saying no to everything and that's not true freedom either. That's often when there are a lot of will hurts and often for children who just say no to everything. They're never willing to cooperate. They're never willing to do, they don't want to do anything. That is not will, that's willfulness. And that comes from will hurts. And so the whole point is a flexible, fluid, internal listening of exactly what you said. I love that, the, the true yes and the true no. And that's what we're aiming to do. And the more we free ourselves up, I've certainly experienced that. And I wonder if you have too, is that uh, the more I, I think about the old fashioned doll on a radio, I don't know if anybody's it gets to the point where people won't even be old enough to remember what those are, but anyway, they get more and more fine tuned, you know, yes. the, the, the a nuance we get, that's been my experience to know more and more like, ah, oh, not only I, I can think about wearing um, in the winter, wearing hats, for example, like we both wear beanies. I loved it when I first saw you wearing your beanie, but my only friend wears them. Yeah. And it's like, for me, I'm really deeply tuned in and connected with my body now in a way that I was never, I was so dissociated in my teenagers and as a child. And for me now, it's about that nuance of like, I can really listen to it. No, I'm actually oh, I'm a bit too hot now. I want to I want to take off some clothes or no, I'm really, uh, my, my head's a bit cold now. It's tight. It's beanie time. And not only beanie time, but I've got like three different types of beanies. There's the kind of the, the less warm one. And then there's the really warm one. And then when it's really cold, sometimes I might wear two because to me, it's having that beautiful, exquisite slug wisdom. That the yeses and those are really deep listening. And actually someone was sharing with me a mentee about having an experience of, of being, um, I don't want to share anything about a story, but like being told almost that as you do more inner work, that it, like you, you get less and less affected by things. And yeah, there is that in some sense. But for me also doing more and more of this and this inner work, the Mary Mother work, the inner freedom is actually being more and more and more attuned to our yeses and nos and listening to that in a more exquisite way. So it's not like I'm just thirsty. No, what I really want is lemon juice or no I'm not just cold I want my two beanies on it's like having that exquisite listening and that's what we're born with that exquisite listening and the more we can really tend to that and listen to it that that's so beautiful to be meeting our needs in that way so we can feel this deep sense of connection with life and connection with our bodies and our wisdom and our knowing yeah 
Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah, just, I love that, that that's what I'd love to teach Bella is just to really listen to herself and really see what she wants, because the more clarity she has, the you know, more of an opportunity she has to bring that into her life. And I think those, as you were saying, the willful child and the no, 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 it's generally from a place of powerlessness, isn't it, that they're trying to regain or reclaim some sort of power. Whereas when I know she's saying no because it's a real no for her, I there's no, I have no reactivity. I have no response. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that's a no for you. And that's it. Like it's just like, yep. Whereas when she's like, no, I don't want to, no, no, no. I'm like, yeah, cool. I, I hear that you don't want to. I think there's something else happening here. <laughs> um, yeah, so really clarifying that for her this morning um, in the kitchen because I I had a no for her to go to school today because the the classroom has an air conditioner that is either freezing like Antarctica or it's off. There's no middle ground. School's working on it. They're working through it. There's demountable classrooms, et cetera. But she's been coming home with runny nose, sore ears, you know, she's literally in front of the air conditioning. Um, I've sent her with two jumpers. I sent her with a scarf. Kids made fun of her for having the scarf. I was going to send her with a little blanket to put all over her feet. I requested that the teacher move her. The teacher said she can't move her as yet. They move every two to three weeks. And so I said, okay, well, we'll just have to see how we go. But today's really, really hot. And so what will happen is the condition, air conditioning will be really, really cold. And she was up all night with snuffly nose and all that and I said well you're just not going today I'm just I just have a no for that and she was like oh really I'm not I'm not sick and I said yeah but you might be when you come home and I just don't really want this to sort of drag out um and it's just that that for me it was just so easy whereas before I would have been going oh you know and the school might do this and she's not really sick and I shouldn't really leave her home and just really like caning myself with so many sticks and probably not enjoyed the day with her um and the flip side of what's happened is that she's made cupcakes by herself and she's done all these amazing things. She's doing a vet kit. She's doing some prodigy at the moment and we're having a beautiful day. And it was just so freeing to just go, yeah, that's not, not for us today. I'm just, nope, that's a no. Yeah. Rather than living in that constant shame state of what are other people going to think? And, you know, we've had a couple of days off already. What's the school going to think? And, if you're not going to fix the air conditioner, then my kid's not going to sit right in front of it. And like I said to the teacher, you're walking around constantly. She's just sitting still with the air blowing directly on her face. She's so uncomfortable. She's not learning properly. So that's another thing that's bothering me is it's like you, she can go to school, but all she's thinking about is how cold she is. Her nose is frozen. The kid next to her is frozen. Her eyes are starting to dry. And I'm like, she's got so, so much stuff going on but she's made to sit there in front of this air conditioning. And it's like, well, I don't know. Can you move the tables? Can you get a fan instead of, and move the fan around rather than having the air conditioning? Like let's, let's meet everyone's needs here. Whereas Bella's saying, you know, I don't want that. And the teacher's saying, well, you're not the only kid in the class, Bella. There's 24 other kids in the class. That's what she got told last week. Might you all. <laughs> anyway, the point of the story is <laughs> that was a no. And I didn't have any feelings about it at all. It was freedom. It's just yes. freedom to go, yep, yeah, that's a no for me and I'm out. Thank you. Yeah. See about it later. Yeah. And I just so appreciate you because, you know, for me, I just see that is the, you know, again, the DDC is set up so that children are in those kinds of environments, but they're, they're not, they're not sharing about it. 
they're not having their mums go here his two jumpers and a scarf and you know what can we possibly do to help you so that you're not 36 degrees outside and I'm sitting with all stuff yeah but but, and I just think I just think about it's really really unenjoyable isn't it to sit in to like I mean the only what's the only option is is I just yeah Yeah, and that's what's good would that teacher sit there with that blowing no, in the face for six just, hours, would you? So why are you expecting no, children to do that? It's children just, who are too scared to say something because yeah. they've she said it. She she said it three times in the first oh, week. She said, amazing. it's really cold here. Could you turn it off? Yeah. And she said, you're not the only kid in the class. There's 24 other kids here. Rather than the machine is actually broken, Bella. I'm really sorry. Maybe I can move you somewhere else. Yeah, and and including, I really hear that you're cold. Gosh, uh, and coming and stand next and saying, "Gosh, it is really cold here. I'm so sorry. I can't even imagine what this is like for you to sit here for six hours a day. I'm going to do everything in my power to to change this for you right now because, of course, you're not going to be able to learn. And of course, compassion to the teacher because you know she's in her own whatever she's going through and it's hard and all of that. But the the whole point of these systems, like school is to disconnect us from our body to dissociate because we're wearing if you're wearing uniform and you might even tell the shoes story all these things to help us dissociate because we feel uncomfortable because we can't actually eat when we're hungry we go to the toilet when we need to and where we want to or be out in nature if we if we want to that that is the way we dissociate and and that is the way we are trained to disconnect from our slug wisdom from what our body moves towards in all areas whether that's what we're interested in what, what our bodies need just everything and it's very successful it worked really well on me anyway <laughs> I don't think yeah, most people like and, and if Bella didn't have me at home saying well I have a no for that so yeah. she's sitting there she said no so she yeah. was brave enough to say no yes. her no was not heard yeah. her no was actually shamed in front of the entire class yeah as well yeah she was judged for that there must be something wrong with you because there's all these other kids who are not complaining because they're too scared to complain because they don't want to stand out of the crowd. And then she got picked on being called a whinger. The kid next to her called her a whinger. And the teacher basically said, you know, so I can imagine then that child goes home to a house that is not aware of these things and doesn't say anything, but that trauma still happened. It's still in their system. They learn to just sit there and freeze their butt off and not learn anything because they're just, they're so disconnected, they're out. And there's no loving, you know, caring around that whole situation that's happened where she'll come home here and I'll go, wow, that's, I really hear that you're really cold. Let me see. So I called the school. I wrote an email. I spoke to the class parent. The class parent spoke to the teacher and it all came back basically saying that they're broken. It's an on-off situation and the school's looking into it. So again, I still have a no for that. That hasn't met my need. No, so, <laughs> not enough. That's just not. It's not. That is not like no. <laughs> and I'm I'm going to say, well, if other children are not complaining about it, perhaps you can move the classes earlier than waiting another week. So we, we move seats every three weeks. Well, I'm going to request that you move her earlier. That's a no for me for her to be blown away by air conditioning for the entire day. So it's not still not met my need. So because I know what my no is, mm. I'm just can keep. Thank you going say not you know because I love going against the grain sometimes I really don't it's no so that's it so I'll be back (laughs) I'll be back there tomorrow and I think it's so important and what I really want to name working with adults is what I've heard from so many people is that yes it may be the school that's doing these things but what children will often go away with was 
why wasn't I safe enough to share this with my parent? Why did my parent not do everything in their power to try to turn the air conditioner off or stop me being shamed by the teacher or stop that other kid hitting me or what, you know, the million things. So it really often causes a rupture in the parent-child relationship that often can be sitting there for, for decades. I've worked with so many people who've, who've come to, you know, actually, why, 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 why was I not, safe to even tell this to my parents for example or why did they not do anything why didn't they actually say no I'm willing for you to stay I want you to stay home today I'm not willing for you to go and sit in there yeah again especially when it's going to be even colder yeah definitely and there's there's a whole gosh there's a whole podcast on that I can imagine I'm sure I've got many a story but yeah just that whole you're not feeling safe so it's again you don't you, you just are dis- disconnected from what what is right for you and what is wrong for you like what's a fit and what's not a fit and then you just grow up as an adult just complying and doing things to pe- please other people and going to things that you don't want to go to because you don't want to upset people and it just the list is endless and of course we're so overwhelmed in that and that overwhelm is completely it's it's the prison in your mind it's just the prison in your mind because we're so set on ticking all the boxes for everybody else and leaving everybody else happy and content with us because we don't like conflict and we don't like this and we don't like that and quite often I've had conversations with people where they think their no will cause a conflict and and I always say it's only ever going to cause going to cause a conflict when it's not a true no like there's a possibility that it could cause a conflict if you're not really clear that that's a no for you because quite often the no for me feels light. It feels really like it is that freedom, but it just feels like, yeah, that's just a no. It's There's no emotional charge behind it at all. And, you know, what you often say is that the no is just as loving for you as what it is as for the other person as what it is for you. And when I keep that in the back of my mind, I'm doing them a favour by saying no. I'm being more loving because I'm being more authentically myself, which is, again, just truer reflection of my soul, not, you know, stepping into those conditionings to, you know, people please or whatever it is. And it just feels light. It just feels light and free and, you know, fine. Everything just feels, yep, that's fine. There's no problem here, you know. And there's no fear. There's no fear behind saying the no. I think that's the main thing for me. Yeah, and of course, I really acknowledge all the healing you've done in relation to all, because often to get to that point, and it's an ongoing journey often, isn't it, but that we often need to go back and do in our present process work in relation to all the times where we got shamed when we said no, we got like like Bella's experience, but we didn't have a mum to come home who would listen to those feelings. So all the times where it actually wasn't safe, and actually where most of us it wasn't safe actually at home, to say a true no and of course so then it's really normal and natural to feel scared or to be concerned that we're going to get outcast or or it's not safe because it wasn't it really 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 wasn't and so often that needs to be heard until we actually can feel safe enough in our bodies to really to get these neo no's and to see the profound effect that they have yeah absolutely yes 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 to all of that Yum. Yay. I have a sense this might be the end. Oh, look, it's two to two. Um, <laughs> two to two. Two to two. two. <laughs> Is there anything else that pops up at you that wants to be spoken about this? I just, I've never felt as free as what I do now. 
never in my life has have I felt so in tune with what I do. I I'm loving what I'm doing. I'm loving the journey. I love where it's going, even when things are the really challenging, which it's not to say that my life is just, a, you know, cupcakes and rainbows. It's really not cupcakes and rainbows sometimes. But, you know, with this work, it's you just always have a choice whether you spiral into that, you know, and, and nothing, not that there's anything wrong with spiraling, but because obviously we're here to feel the feelings, but there's a difference for me in spiraling and just picking up all the sticks or spiraling and feeling the feelings really deeply in that loving connected space. So it's, it's like, as if you, you know, I often think like, I can just face the world. I can face the world. Now I've got all of these tools in my toolkit. And the worst thing that can happen is the freedom in that is the worst thing that can happen is I'm still going to be okay with this sort of work. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. And somehow I thought of a song. I thought maybe we have a little um, library of songs. And I thought of that one, because I'm free to do what I want to do. I can live my life. And the other thing I was remembering, which I just remember the other day, and the builders are back anyway. I don't know if you can hear the noise, but uh, I remember when Sonny was born and this song kept coming to me after he was born. And I really had the sense it was like his soul communicating. And it was a, it's an English um, singer, Toya Wilcox, again from the 80s. And it was... Um, uh, I'm gonna turn this world upside down. I'm gonna turn reality inside out. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to be nobody's fool. I want to be free. I want to be me. And I thought, uh-huh. uh-huh, yeah. And that's certainly been so much of what he's brought into the world for me is like that. I want to be free. That. I want that's to specific. Be. It's really specific, isn't it? It's like, okay, great. That's really that's good. Thank you. you very much. <laughs> don't want to wear shoes yeah got you <laughs> might even go and play that those two songs now and i'm gonna go and look it up dance around the kitchen <laughs> then we might it'd be great i think i would enjoy to have a little library of freedom mm. songs that actually came that. to me the other day as well Let, let's should we create one little playlist. freedom yeah. Playlist. playlist yeah freedom playlist <laughs> nick me. could you like to share about your offerings and how people can get more support and amazingness like what you're doing how you're supporting people both just even for free on social media but also in your mentoring and your course and courses so amazing i'd love for people to hear more thank you thank you yes i'm loving i love the sessions i have um different monthly options for sessions and meeting lots of lovely lovely people and um yeah i'm really enjoying how beautifully the aware parenting and the marion method just flow together like it just really you never know what's going to come up in a session and there's just it's just the answer to everything all together so i'm really enjoying those uh you can find out more information on my website which is just peacefulparenting.com.au there's an offerings page there and i'm still writing my still writing I should say still writing that sounds like a bit of a stick because i keep getting so many other things i can add so it's going to be amazing when it's done. I know it. Um, surviving school with the Marion Method and Away Parenting. So that's going to be just a compilation of basically, basically my own life experience and everything that I'm doing and sharing that in a way that's really practical for parents. So lots of like scripts of things to write or notes to write or how to have conversations with teachers Um a lot of inner work around if you do want to keep your child home or if you even want to remove your child from school. So yeah, lots of just really practical things to get you thinking of whether it is right for you. And if it is a fit for you and your child's still at school, here's just a bunch of ways that are going to help make it more enjoyable for you and your child. So that's really alive for me at the moment. What about you? 
It just sounds like the ultimate course, I think, just for anybody who's got a child that goes to school is thinking of it. It's just like, I'm just, I just see it's going to make such a huge difference. I'm so willing for bazillions and gazillions of people <laughs> to, to, to access it's it. It's transferable, like daycares or sporting things, or if it's something that you're at work and you're doing, it's, um, yeah, I think that, that it's basically, yeah, the Marion method in standing in that, that space of what do you want? Here's what you want, and here's how to get it. Yeah. Oh, is there going to be another one? The um, the the uh, having a job version, <laughs> surviving your <Yes>. job, <laughs> surviving your job, or how not to have a job if you really have a passion of doing something else. What else would you like? To do? Oh my god. <laughs> that might not be a yes for you, but I'm like, oh my god, that would be so amazing. <laughs> yeah, freedom for yourself and your child, absolutely. Love yeah. it. Yay. Thank you um yeah I've got some spaces as well I'm just writing a little post about uh one of my mentees yesterday the same one actually just had this amazing metaphor and I'm I'm really so willing for her to be comfortable that I shared this because it was her metaphor she said like she sees the mentoring as like a this ice cream shop full of a bazillion flavors and how does she know what all the flavors are she might just be having like vanilla and chocolate and strawberry but she wants all the flavors and I'm like I love that metaphor so much. So I'm literally writing a carousel right now about here are some of the flavors of ice cream that you can have. Isn't that just so amazing? So, um, because it's yeah. so individual to every person, isn't it? Like that's the one thing the Marion Method is. It's really what you make of it in your own way. That's why it's so powerful because it's just for you. It's, yeah, love it. Your favorite flavor of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I'm actually thinking when you're talking, I said, Oh, so good spiritual parenting course hmm, maybe that might like maybe that might like something but um yeah I've got some aware parenting offerings at the moment and a, a half price on my making friends with children's <gasps> course. Course and that was one of my favorite <laughs> I'm going to say one way I loved your testimony the other day more than anything I can possibly say oh, it was wow. like a whole ice cream shop at once <laughs> oh my gosh that course that course that course is incredible and I love that I saw, I tagged a couple of people on it the other day and the lady said, oh, I've already bought it. And I was like, yes, I love it. It's just, it is just that it started to open up this entire world of not just how I am with my daughter, but how I am with myself, like understanding myself so much more. So yes, I love that you've rebirthed that again. So yes, thank you. Lovely. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. So yum. And more of these and just I, I'm loving our conversation so yeah. much. So I'm so looking forward to the next one. Neo No, here you come. So if you're interested and intrigued about the Neo No, come and mm. listen to the next one and do all those other things to do with podcasts. Like that I never really know, but, you know, share it and like it and do all those things <laughs> if you want to, if you're willing, if you have a yes. <laughs> Thank you so much and so much love to you. See you in the next one.